Hey there, it's Geordie here from the It's About Time You Watch This podcast. Join us each week as we explore and discuss some of the greatest films ever made that up until now, I've never seen before. That's right, you name it, I probably haven't seen it. But my darling husband is on a mission to change that, one movie at a time, with a ton of laughs along the way. Check out It's About Time You Watch This now, wherever you get your podcasts. Exploring the power of the right mindset in creating a healthy and fulfilling life. You're listening to the Unstoppable Mindset Podcast with Imogen Harris. We are back. Hi, um, it is Imogen and my brother Chris for the Unstoppable Mindset podcast. We are going to dive a little bit deeper today, aren't we? We are, and it, we should start this episode with a trigger warning for mental health. There's going to be some pretty frank and open discussions in this episode and probably the next couple episodes, depending on how long this one rolls for. Exactly. So just, just as a warning there, if you are suffering mental health issues or if you feel like some of this might be triggering to you, you can always call Lifeline at 13 11 14. If you're listening to this while you're training or while you're like in a real good mindset as well, potentially skip back or forward an episode <laughs> just until you're kind of maybe at home, like I'm in my comfies, like in yes. a, a moment where you can feel a little bit vulnerable and maybe think and dive a little bit deeper into your own emotion as well. Yeah, if you're in the middle of reps, maybe maybe, uh, maybe, maybe skip or maybe go back to Spotify and listen exactly. to, listen to Chris Brown. Bit, and we'll, we'll, um, yeah, we'll go from there. But let, let's start with you. And obviously we'll, we'll get into my side of things as mm. well. But let's start with you. And we did touch on it in the last episode about, you know, in your teenage years and your eating disorder and those sorts of things. Let's let's start from a young age and go into some of your history. Let, let's 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 sure. de- as I said, let's deep dive. Let's sure. do it. So I guess you know, as a child, there was a lot of instances, obviously, like with my biological father, that portray like it gave me a lot of anxiety and depression. Like I won't go too much into what happened yep. with that. However, from probably the age of five or six, I have suffered with severe anxiety. Um, there was a long period of time I actually had depression as well, um, which I don't really dive into too much, um, with anyone ever, to be honest. Like it was probably only the last few years that I'd really opened up to my parents and to Chris, but to be honest, until now, they're probably the only people that actually know, obviously my partner as well. But as a child, I was kind of a very silent sufferer. I wasn't really one to voice too much. Obviously there was other people in my life that, not took the spotlight, but their energy and how aggressive they were kind of put me in my shell a little bit. So I'm not going to go into names and all that type of stuff, but there was people, yeah, in my life that just made me feel like I really couldn't open up about how I was feeling at the time. So probably you felt like that as well, um, being my brother. So I think, you know, that kind of already induced such severe anxiety at a young age and then transitioning obviously like into high school, um, you know, entering a long relationship. I was with that person for just over three years, I believe. Um, and in that there was a lot like that. Don't get me wrong. There was a lot of good things. It was a, it was a teenage yeah. relationship and that's fine. And, that, and they do go both ways. Teenage they do. They, always do. they do. Um, but that one really mentally took an extreme toll on my mental health. Um, I, you know, there was days I didn't leave bed. Um, yeah, days I'd either extremely overeat or starve myself for two, three days on end. You know, 
the the list goes on and to be honest probably not too proud of some of the things that I put myself through I didn't really show myself the love that I needed to but at that yeah. time being that silent sufferer I really didn't know how to cope um so but as I got older um obviously I once I finished that relationship I really took the time to figure out who I was and I was not anti-relationship but I wasn't ready to let anyone in until I knew that I could be fine with or without that person. So um, that took a long time. um, And then I guess that transitioned on to the leap of moving states. Mm. I think for me personally, in order to test my growth, I had to put myself in that really uncomfortable position. So um, transitioning into that um, process took a lot. Um, And then, you know, prior to moving, that's when I'd finally you know, I've seen psychologists and everything like that since a young age and that's fine. But I really um, seeked help with professionals that, you know, specialize in the area that I needed. Um, With the childhood stuff that I'd been through, I had to go through specific proceedings to make sure I got that help. Um, So I did that. They were amazing. I still have that relationship with those psychologists now, which is amazing. Um, And that's really allowed me to be able to be, I guess, more open about what I'd been through, et cetera, as well. So, you know, it's it's a hard one because I do obviously portray such a positive atmosphere on my social media and I don't dive too much into, I guess, the struggles that I face, obviously a little bit towards the relationship with food, but obviously things like my childhood and stuff like yeah. that I've never really dived into. So, um, yeah. Well, and it's an important thing that, you're able to share some of this stuff as well because it does show, and you know, as you said on on social media, your presence and your following is such a, a quite a positive one. To be able to show the other side of that, because there are people out there like, as you said, that do suffer in silence, and even like you did it as a child, and you sort of learnt coping mechanisms now. But there are people it, later in life that still suffer in silence, and I know we'll get into the male mental health side of things mm. down the track, but. Um, yeah, you know, pe- people that think, okay, well, I don't want to burden anybody. I don't want to, and even as you said, like from a young age, you were talking to psychologists, but still, I struggled. You, you struggled, but you also didn't open up and become completely vulnerable because, as you said, you didn't want to steal the spotlight from others yeah. that were maybe in your head you thought needed it more, oh. but they didn't. I definitely think I think a part of me from not opening up from what I needed to as well as, you know, maybe I was at fault maybe something that I had done had caused those situations to happen to me, which now I know is obviously not the case. But I remember it was probably maybe two and a half years ago now when I was living with my roommate, um, Talia and Connor, um, was when I'd finally just randomly one night, I called my mum and I was just like, mum, hey, look, haven't spoken to you about this before, but this is something that I need to get off my chest, you know, these circumstances have happened when I was a kid, you know, I've obviously been dealing with this on my own for a long time. Um, and obviously I think deep down she probably knew some of these things were happening, Mm. but at the end of the day, I had to come to her. I had to open up and she was never going to push me. She's never been one to push anything on us until we were ready. So, and then obviously the next person I went to was my brother. So it's a hard one because you feel like you're going to disappoint someone or, you know, it, seems like oh you're just looking for sympathy or something like that and I think because I'd seen how other people handled situations I was like I don't want to be looking like I'm trying to you know stir the pot here I just you know I'm just trying to deal with my shit so that was my other thing was you've also learned from and I'm not proud of it either the generation of 
the same as you did when you were younger, keeping that trauma and that mindset to yourself. Because mm-hmm. I know, you know, it, you know, our mother, you know, now makes no secret of the fact of, of her mental health struggles, and, and she's been through a lot yeah. as well. And yeah. and myself, I was the same. Like went through a lot, but kept it to myself. So your role model, role models for mental health at that point weren't great. Like, yeah, and I mean, and that's something that you know weighs on me a little bit now, and I know weighs on our mother because she thinks it's she her thinks fault. it's her fault because, and that, that's yeah. a generational thing, and that's something that I think every family faces as well when it comes to mental health is you know you, you want to be the best possible role model but these generations before us weren't taught to seek help they weren't taught to you know be open about it we were taught to buck up yeah deal with it and i do keep living I your life pretty, um, whereas now yeah yeah it's hard like i see how mum takes it on anytime yeah. that we go through something yeah. mum thinks it's her fault and <laughs> she could have done something better and it's hard because she literally gave us yeah. ev- like everything oh. and i wouldn't be here without her like obviously yeah, literally well, yeah, but yeah. you know um she has taught like the reason i'm built and the reason i'm so resilient and now i'm so you know in control of my own life is because of her so 100% um, yeah, it's it's a hard one to talk about without getting a bit emotional. Oh, and but. as we said at the start of this episode, these these couple of episodes about mental health will get will potentially get pretty emotional um, as we open up about it because it, yeah, it is a deep dive. But it is something as we've seen, especially post COVID, now people are talking about. And I think e- even listening to this, I think there's going to be people out there that are hearing this, hearing us talking about this now, mm-hmm. and go, "Oh shit! If if, if Imo can talk about that, if Chris can talk about that." Well, I can talk to someone about yeah. that, and and that's that's always been my thing. Is if if your story can help one person think that they can get help or they can they can reach out, then it's worth it. Yeah, hundred percent. I think there was one moment I was listening to a podcast or a video of um, Mark Carroll. He was talking about his mental health issues and how much he struggled. And I remember it, I was sitting in the car after the gym. I was listening to the podcast. I'd had an anxiety attack after I got out of the gym. So I was in my car and I was pretty riled up. And he was talking about it. And, you know, I don't know him, but he, listening to him being so open about it and going, okay, if this person can deal, you know, can be open and be present with their emotion, like I need to do that as well. So um, being aware of your triggers, being aware of, you know, how to calm yourself down when you have an anxiety attack or yep. when you're overwhelmed and, you know, it takes a lot for me to uh, – or it took a lot for me to actually figure out what that was and what those triggers were. But now I do know what they are, that not to avoid them, but also just, you know, if they do come about, take a step back and – How and to manage them. Manage it, yeah. So don't sweep it under the rug and that's obviously something that I've been at um, a toxic habit of doing. But. And I guess, like, yeah, you, you've been lucky in the fact that – you've been able to seek that help. And I know you know a lot of people listening to this right now might go, well, I've been trying to do something about it, but it's so hard to... It took me a year to get off the wait list for yeah. the um, organisation that I had to go through for yeah. these proceedings. So um, luckily I was shortlisted and I got off earlier, but it could have been up to two years that I could have been waiting That's to talk I mean. to that person. And that was when I was actually finally ready to speak out loud mm. about the trauma that I'd been through. So, you know, you get to the point where you're actually ready to go and you're like, okay, yep, we're good. I can and then it's like, oh, sorry, you have to wait, a, you know, 28 business days. Like it's it's hard. And it is. And that's one thing that I guess, you know, the world is trying to do better at. You know, the governments oh. are trying to do better. They're trying they to make this. They do. But, you know, I said this to someone the other day. I, you know, they're saying, oh, yeah, there's a wait list for psychologists and this sort of thing. But who – at this time of life in, in the world we live in currently, mm. who wants to study to be a psychologist? 
yeah, you can make lots of money, but the trauma that people have gone through then having to process that yourself. It, takes like, you, it gives it, the energy that you give on to someone, they yeah. take that energy on. And I know like even some clients come to me with stuff and don't get me wrong, I'm like, I've got a lot of experience in a lot of different avenues. So yep. I'm able to obviously help to an extent uh, you know, beyond that, down in my scope. But um, you know, when they're going through something, you take that on. You have that emotional investment yeah, in your in your friends, your family, your clients. So it's hard not to take that on, even though they're just coming to you for advice. And that's where you know we talk about days like where you've got you know, are you okay day and those sorts of things. And it's reach out, talk to someone if you're having troubles. But I know a lot of people will say, well, I don't want to reach out and I don't want to burden someone because I know they're going through a lot. And I've been in that position before. I'm like, well, I don't want to, you know. I don't want to reach out and talk to our mother or talk to you or talk to you know friends because I know they're all going through stuff as well. Mm, and that's like, where don't it becomes their load. And I don't want to add to their load because I know they're they're coming to me for stuff. Yeah. Like you know, so that's where it does become you know, those days do become very tricky mm. when they're publicized of, you know, ask and I've always said, you know, it's all well and good to say, Are you okay on Are You Okay Day? But every but other you've, day. One every other day, too true. But you've got to be ready for that response. You've got to be ready for someone to turn around and go, well, actually, don't you mention that? No, I'm not. Because a lot of people- and Just I've, assume the fine. Oh, well, yeah, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I've been in that conversation where I've turned around and gone, well, actually, no, I'm not. And, and they'll like, go, oh, uh, okay, um, cool, bye. Yeah. Like they don't know it's what so, to say. So yeah, that's where the hard. training needs to come. I think, are you okay? That's great. And we'll you know, support that. And, and days like that are great. further than that. But- I think training needs to – everyone knows now that we need to check up on our mates. We know we 100%. need to ask that question. The training for these organisations now needs to go public. And we've got you know, locally here where we are, where we're recording, we've got an organisation called Let's Talk, uh, which was founded by community members. And it came. It sort of grew out of something I started eight years ago. Mm. And we'll get into that in the next episode. But it's – been fantastic for our local community. It's all about breaking the stigma of mental health and talking. And, and they, they do uh, life experience talks where I'm one of, I'm actually one of their speakers for life experience talks. Um, and they do football clubs and they do yeah, events. Great. And you know, that we're seeing communities take charge a lot more with this sort of stuff now to be able to say, all right, well, we know that, let's be honest, especially after the last three years, yeah. none of us are okay. Yeah, let's be real. What, what's the next step for all of us? How do we help each other? communication really and like I'm shocking with communicating how I feel I've gotten better don't get me wrong and I think definitely to be honest Tristan has helped with me communicating because obviously prior when I met him I was like I don't want to be with anyone like like, (laughs) I'm fine on my own thanks but he taught me and has continually teaches me to you know if I've got it if I'm upset or if there's something that I need to work on to voice that to him and he's able he might not be able to help or fix it but being able just to talk back and forth um and just let it out will help at least that step one to, you know, yeah, finding a solution. So look, we might leave this episode here. We're going to do it to part two of the episode because yeah, we, we've talked a bit about your stuff. We're going to, we're going to delve into this fella's uh, side of things in yeah. the next episode. Men so, and mental health. It's a, it's a big one to come. It across. is. So, and that's why I thought maybe if we do a bit of both sides of the, uh, the, uh, the discussion, the both sides of the table, it might actually help some of the listeners that are Absolutely. on both yeah. sides of that table. And as I well. know, like I've got a fair few male clients and obviously a lot of them, like i had conversations with them yep. about their mental health. Um, so it'll be nice to actually hear the male's perspective. Yeah, so we, we might leave this episode Yes, here. we will. So part two is to come on the Unstoppable Mindset podcast regarding mental health, but we'll talk soon. You've been listening 